This is Dr. Ara Austin for the School of Molecular Sciences. This podcast is really to help our students set up in career paths that they're interested in. Welcome to this session of Graduating in Science. Now what? On today's podcast, we have Dr. Sarah Staten joining us from Washington, D.C. Uh, Dr. Staten received her Ph.D. in chemistry from ASU, and she currently works at the U.S. Department of State. Uh, but before I go on any further, I will let Dr. Staten discuss her role in the U.S. government. And Dr. Staten, thank you for joining us. Oh, well, thank you. It's a joy. Um, I know that the path between a Ph.D. in chemistry and the State Department is obvious to most. Um, but my role as the senior coordinator for the Global Innovation Through Science and Technology Initiative, I think really is a place where it's very logical for someone with a, a science background, especially someone who had an interest in commercializing research. Uh, it's, a, it's a perfect spot. So in my role, uh, the Global Innovation Through Science and Technology Initiative, we, we fondly call it GIST for short. GIST's uh, entire work is to try to get science and technologists out of the laboratory and commercializing research around the world and helping to foster connections with American businesses. And here's a place where my knowledge both on the business side and from my PhD has really helped where I can be a bridge between policymakers, businesses, both domestically and foreign, and science counterparts who might have some research that they think is really interesting and help them to kind of figure out whether the market is really uh, right for them and whether they'll be able to get uh, customers. Great. And Dr. Satan, can you share your educational background with our students so that they can learn uh, about your path through the academic side? Right. So I got a bachelor's in biochemistry, and then I moved on to ASU, where I got both my master's and PhD uh, at ASU under Professor Hayes. Thank you very much. And um, from there, I was able to do an NRC postdoc at the Naval Research Laboratory here in Washington, D.C., and it was a great opportunity uh, to be able to explore you know, research commercialization, which I had got a taste of, a small taste at ASU, but was really able to, to get behind that a little bit more. And uh, it also opened up a lot of opportunities to explore um, how science uh, interfaces with other parts of society. Um, I believe I was the first, uh, back then it was called the Department of Chemistry, uh, Fulbright uh, during my PhD, and I know subsequently there have been several, uh, but through that experience and coming to the D.C. area, it really helped me to see how science both can drive things like the economy, but can also help to, you know, um, start, you know, uh, work on intractable conversations. You know, how do you work with a partner? You have to find some common ground, and science can frequently provide that. Great. And usually, when people obtain a PhD in science, uh, we pursue a career in the industry or in the academia. Why did you decide to pursue a career in policymaking and in government? Well, I think to the chagrin of a few in my academic pathway, I actually never really intended to either go into academia or into industry. I had always kind of seen science advisement, science policy uh, really as being my path. Uh, all the way back, I, I had an opportunity as an undergraduate to do an REU with NASA and got to present my research on the Hill. And I, again, really saw how it, 
you can't be an expert in everything, and we really do hold lawmakers and policymakers up on this pedestal that they have to be able to provide guidance and policy on a wide array of issues, but without positive ad- advisement, without you know individuals who do have that uh, breadth and experience, um, that that's really an impossible uh, challenge. So. I wanted to become incredibly well-versed in science. I had the opportunity to do my master's and my PhD in slightly different areas in chemistry. And then I was able to kind of work at the interface of engineering, physics, biology, and chemistry, and um, all in an effort to try to provide myself the, the most fulsome background that I could with the idea that I would transition out of the lab ultimately. That's great. And you briefly touched on uh, your role through the GIST initiative, uh, which is the global innovation through science and technology. Could you further explain your role as a senior coordinator working on this initiative? Right. So this is a multi-million dollar initiative that's seen as a method of driving economic growth, both for the United States, but also the 130 plus countries uh, that we work with in the emerging world. Um, I get um, fantastic opportunities for, to work with everyone from, you know, blockchain medical record innovators coming out of Pakistan to American businesses and you know, large corporates like Amazon Web Services or Microsoft, uh, academic institutions like uh, University of California at Berkeley or Stanford Technology Venture Program. And in my position as a coordinator, I help to take all of these desperate uh, stakeholders and also bring in the element of what is the U.S. government, what is our foreign policy goals, and try to meld all of this together into something where each of these various parties can see that there's value. And and so far, over the past, I think the program's been around now for nine years, um, we've been able to to successfully uh, make that marriage. Great. And you are also the science and technology fellow uh, through the American Association for Advancement of Science program. What was that experience like? Right. So the the AAAS Science and Technology uh, Fellowship program was that bridge that allowed me to go from the postdoc that I had mentioned at the Naval Research Laboratory into the State Department uh, initially. So the AAAS Fellowship uh, is is amazing. It allows you to uh, get windows and doors into various parts of the U.S. government that, you know, traditionally are really hard. Uh, I mean, frankly, being able to get through the USA Jobs uh, portal is, is it, I mean, its own masterclass. And so what this does, it's, I mean, you shouldn't necessarily see it as like a, a job interview. Obviously, I was able to transition uh, through it, but not everyone does that. It's, it's really to be able to, one, show that you, your science expertise is valued and that it can have applications in the government, including applications outside of, let's say, traditional science and technology roles. Um, but two, it, it can you know, offer opportunities for employment. For me, I, I don't know these statistics. I think the AAAS might have them. Um, but different organizations can participate, such as the Department of Defense, the Department of State, USAID, sometimes the Department of Justice, uh, e- EPA, and, and various other groups. And uh, I, I'm always amazed at how few people apply for it. I think that it's a, a spectacular program. And then 
even if you don't necessarily make it your first try, I would encourage you to try again, get to know somebody who was a fellow. Uh, the community here is quite vibrant and fellows are always willing to help other fellows. And it, it's, a, it's a great way to both bolster your network as well as, you know, even if you're not interested in doing this long term, uh, to be able to kind of diversify uh, the experiences that you've had over the course of your career. Great, and this fellowship program, uh, which I will put a link to uh, when I post this podcast, is a great opportunity for those who hold doctoral degrees in science or master's degrees in engineering. Are there similar programs uh, that is specific to our undergraduate students that you know of? Right, so um, that is a little bit trickier. So if you're an undergraduate, there are, especially at the State Department, but throughout the government, uh, a variety of internship programs that I would definitely encourage people to take advantage of. Uh, they can be over the summer months. They can also be uh, through the semesters. Uh, the, Depart uh, the Department of State takes them year-round. Uh, the benefit is that they do come with a security clearance, but at least the ones at the Department of State are unpaid. Um, but there, if I don't know if this works with ASU given the, ge the geography, but there's also something called the Pathways Program, which isn't necessarily for undergraduate, but for students who are seeking masters. Um, it allows them to basically uh, work part-time in one of the, the federal departments or agencies, and then they are guaranteed a position at that department or agency after the, they receive their degree. So again, maybe not as many opportunities for undergraduates, but there are some interesting opportunities that I, I know I wasn't aware of uh, for people getting their masters. Great, and uh, the last question for you that I have is knowing what you know now and all the different experiences um, that you've had, especially working within the government, what advice would you give to our current students who may be interested in pursuing a similar career pathway as you? Um, and this is going to sound a little funny, but don't be scared. Um, I think that there's this real fear that once you leave the bench that you will never be permitted back in or that um, there's a variety of either hostility towards people with a science background, et cetera. Um, I haven't really found any of that to be true. I feel even though I have been at the department now for five years, um, I'm starting to explore whether there might be some opportunities for me to be able to do some part-time work back on the bench. And um, I definitely think that people value both the approach that science, you know, kind of that methodical scientific method approach um, to everything from foreign policy to the way that, you know, emergency aid is, is rolled out. And so if you have interest, I would encourage people just to follow their curiosity. Great, that was great advice. And thank you, Dr. Satan, for joining us uh, today on our podcast. I think our students really learned a lot uh, from you, from listening to your advices. Uh, and it's, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, thank you so much. I, I wish the best for everyone. And um, it was a fantastic time in my life. I look, for, I look back at ASU very fondly. More information on this episode of Graduating in Science, Now What?, can be found on School of Molecular Sciences website, sms.asu.edu.